0: The skies are an emerald green. You are surrounded by trees dripping with gumdrops and giant crystals of sugar. Every apple, when you bite into it, is filled with gooey caramel. Legolas comes riding up on a large goat covered in gold and steel. Come, my darling, he says in Elvish, but you can understand it, because you obviously speak Elvish. I cannot, my love. My favorite podcast has just come on, and if I don't listen to it right now, then every child on this planet will turn into a hot dog. I understand, says Legolas. As he kisses your hand and turns into a hot dog, you weep. Hello, and welcome to Zombie Fishbowl, a podcast about random shit.
1: Hi, Danielle. <laughs> that was really good. I Thank could really you. see it in my mind's eye. Did I transport you there? Yeah. With me? Nice. Yeah. So if you don't
0: already know this, I am Melanie. I live in the United States, very specifically California, where it is hot as hell in my small little home, where the AC does not rise to the second level, and uh, Danielle over there in the beautiful
1: England. England. Yeah. Sorry. Today's actually the first day it's rained since the lockdown started. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like, okay, that's fine. It's like everyone's completely chill with it because it's been so, like lovely and tempting outside for like the entire quarantine and now it's like oh it's a rainy day it's almost like we live in england <laughs> it was
0: raining like as soon as we got into lockdown it was just like nothing but rainy cold weather and now it's really really
1: hot there's no balance here <laughs> Oh Yeah, no, it's i remember that about california definitely it's either you know raining a year's worth of rain in a week or it's unbearably hot Mhm. so during the day during the day at night it gets cold where we used to live yeah, yeah, yeah. it's freaking desert and it's bone chilling
0: yeah and it still is it goes down to like you know 50 degrees at night which is lovely and then it's like 85 degrees by 11 p.m or 11 in the morning it's just like oh stop please stop i apologize in advance i do have a cold and of course this is obviously the worst time in the history of man to have a cough, but uh, so so it is.
1: I will try to edit out as much of them as I can.
0: Yeah, because yeah. Okay. they're they're unpleasant, <laughs> they're wet and hacky and gross. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so Danielle, uh, what's new with you? Well. The last two weeks of my life have been pretty much about as interesting as everybody else's last two weeks of their lives. (laughs) Uh, Been getting by, uh, making plans and not doing them, setting goals, not meeting them, uh, eating a lot, watching a lot of YouTube, staring in disbelief at the behavior of other humans, um, sleeping, eating some more, you know, pretty much the same as everyone else.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Humans. Yeah. Deeply, deeply flawed creatures. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Even my empathy is being stretched at this point, and I can empathize with some cr- fucking nuts people.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So. Ditto. Ooh,
0: ooh. I think there's a
1: difference between empathizing and understanding as well, because I can understand why some people are the way they are, but that doesn't mean that I empathize with them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, absolutely. You can get it. You can totally understand where they're coming from. But uh, still, because you're a bit rational, you just be like, but what you're doing is completely stupid.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I understand, but you're still a dick.
0: You're still a dick. Exactly.
1: Uh, (sighs) Anyway, any updates? (laughs) Oh, no. That was just really the last. No. Yeah. Um no. Other than like I was I was telling Melanie I've just been randomly offered a little job, but nothing to do with archaeology or anything like that. Just to help me get by. Just a little side Um, gig. Yeah. Because uh, it will mean I get out of the house, which is nice.
0: Yeah. No, I'm excited for you. I think that's that's awesome.
1: It is in a key worker role, by the way. (laughs) If (laughs) anyone It's 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 providing um an essential um, uh, supply of eco friendly home products for people who don't want to buy terrible plastic things. That's produced. Yeah. So it's oh. like recycled home products and all things that are ethical and eco, you guys. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't have any updates here
0: either. I'm just, you know, I'm, ex- I'm exhausted. I'm so tired.
1: I'm drinking a lot of alcohol and smoking a lot of cigarettes. But hopefully by the end of it, I'll have um, got it out of my system and I'll go back to normal. But we'll see. Sorry.
0: (laughs) You've disappointed all of us.
1: (laughs) That's my biggest fear.
0: Oh, no. I love you. (laughs) Even if you are a traitor. (laughs) (laughs) All It's all right. If we had intentionally gone in on this together, then I probably would be upset. But since we did it by accident at the same time, I'm just kind of like, oh, but we were doing so good. <laughs> Burp. 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 So do we have any verpage? Uh, do you? <laughs> I do, but do you? you do? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got a little bit, a little bit of a one. I, um... <laughs> Uh, we we did, like, a little social distancing visit over to uh, the other day um, and just sort of, like, hung out on their back. They have a huge backyard and stuff and got into a massive row, political row with. Um, and, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It was my first one in a very long time, and I, I usually love political debate, and I'm, like, all about it. But this guy is large, like muscular man and very loud, very opinionated, a huge Trump supporter. And, um, you know, I'm not going to go too much into it. Suffice to say, he clearly needed a punching bag because he's just been watching nothing but Fox News Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and he needed a liberal to punch on. And, like, by the end of it, I was I was shaking and in tears, and I had to walk away. I'm all like, holy shit. I haven't been someone's punching bag in a long time, because I worked very hard to not be in that position. And it was brutal. It was brutal. Oh, was like, I'm, I'm still shaking about it. Like, this was uh, two days ago. Oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. That was, yeah, like, even just thinking about it, I I still motherfucker good man like he's a good man and that's the thing is like a lot of people who you can disagree with politically and and you know on a lot of different things and still be good people he's a really kind man he's done so much for my family he i see the way he treats people he's good to people but uh yeah politically he is a (laughs) it was amazing
1: (laughs) i don't i don't i can i just Okay, I'm. so will stop. I'm stopped. No, it's okay. It's, uh, well, it's not. I mean, we need to stop, or we are gonna ruin this podcast. With yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I am so glad that my therping is kind of funny, because oh that good. Let's go into your therp. <laughs> my therp is um fucking seagulls again. <laughs> oh, I bet they're extra obnoxious now. Oh, they are definitely extra. Okay, so. I saw a video, and I think you might have seen a bit, the video too, of one swallowing a rabbit alive. Yeah. and whole Just impressive. like down its throat. I'm never going to be the same again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, that was, that was rough. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, now I look at them with a bit of fear now. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think like, you know, like they were hard as fuck and I'm not going to mess, mess with them. But now I'm like, when did they go from being just, like, basic chavs to, like, full-on gangster?
0: <laughs> well, that's what they're like when they, they
1: don't have food to steal from us. Is really what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's it. I've I've literally, like, it's got to be because they, they're missing chips. You yeah, know? yeah. They, they're not getting enough chips. <sighs> so they're going to start eating little bunny rabbits. Whole fucking Whole... rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> on top of that okay it's shit and fucking season uh. so in front of our house is a parking spot that doesn't get parked in because it's under a lamp you know light yeah And you literally just would get coated in seagull shit if you parked there and going outside you have to watch out for dive bombing because they just shit on everything because across from the road from us is a um mating grounds Mm. and i don't know if it's like an official seagull mating ground but to To purposes yeah it it definitely seems to be because uh it's nice and flat and spacious and we hear them doing it all the time um it's actually quite impressive um you know we watch them with a bit of uh you know amusement (laughs) because it is funny (laughs) but then also there's this tinge of resentment, because you know what's going to happen, is that the female's going to become pregnant, then there's going to be a nest, then there's going to be an egg, then there's going to be a hatchling, and all the drama that goes along with the different stages of seagull bullshit. Yeah. So we've got that to look forward to. So right now, we're in stage one, which is shit and fucking season.
0: Yeah. And then so, they'll be regurgitating rabbit into their baby's oh, mouths.
1: <laughs> that video's hardcore yeah yeah, it is just when you think it's gonna choke and and spit it out it finishes and then looks at you like yeah that's right i just swallowed it whole you're next bitch oh my god (laughs) i wish the video kind of showed it waddle off but i don't know the waddle would have helped me not be so scared but i'm really intimidated by that seagull (laughs)
0: All right, so shall we breathe in positivity and knowing that we are on the right side of history Um, (laughs) and that seagulls most likely won't eat us and let's breathe out the frustrations of uh, everything else?
1: Yeah, okay. We can certainly
0: try. Yeah, we'll try. One, two, three. Nice. It's
1: good face. Yeah, I just decided that I was going to let it sort of slowly leak. Yeah. And the face just happened. <laughs> it was a natural process.
0: <clears throat> I'm just happy I didn't cough when exhaling. So I'm proud of myself for that. <laughs> so our topic today was initially dreams, nightmares, and sleep. Now, I don't need to tell you that this is a massive subject, so there are a few subtopics here which we decided to make better episode topics on their own, specifically sleep paralysis and things like that. So we'll talk about those another day and really give give them the attention they deserve. So let's make it a little simpler. Today we are focusing on dreams, and let's get into it. Merriam-Webster defines dreams as a series of thoughts, images, or emotions occurring during sleep. We can do better than that. Wikipedia gets a little bit more in-depth. A dream is a succession of images, ideas, emotions, and sensations that usually occur involuntarily in the mind during certain stages of sleep. The content and purposes of dreams are not fully understood, although they have been a topic of scientific, philosophical, and religious interest throughout recorded history. We can still do a little bit better than that, I think. I don't want to rely solely on Wikipedia. None of us should. So I sort of glimpsed at a medical textbook, Neuroscience, second edition from 2001. I say glimpsed, I mean glimpsed. That shit is (laughs) complicated. But here are a few basic takeaways to start our journey. Quote, For centuries, indeed up until the 1950s, most people who thought about sleep considered it a unitary phenomenon whose physiology was essentially passive and whose purposes were simply restorative. In 1953, however, Nathaniel Kleitman and Eugene Asrinsky showed by means of electroencephalographic recordings from normal subjects that sleep actually comprises different stages that occur in a characteristic sequence. So in idiot speak, for a long time, sleeping was just a way to restore our bodies after a long day. But eventually, through the use of EEGs, or as I like to call them, brainovision, vision mm. these two guys found a pattern, something we now call the sleep cycle. So in order to get to dreams, let us discuss the sleep cycle. Stage one, drowsy sleep. One is still mostly awake, but definitely relaxing. It is part of NREM or non-REM sleep. I think we all know what REM is, but in case you don't, it is rapid eye movement, R-E-M. I will call it REM. We will get into this later. This first stage, stage one, is a transitional stage between wakefulness and actual sleep. The brain waves are slowing and lowering down. Physically, though, the heart rate and body temperature remain the same, same as one who is awake. Stage two, night sleep. The brain waves slow even more with occasional spikes called sleep spindles, commonly associated with muscle spasms. The heart rate slows, the core body temperature goes down, the eye movements stop. You are truly asleep, but still potentially easily woken.
1: Is that this, where you trip? Is that the, like what the stage where you trip? Okay, That's my that's my tripping
0: phase. Yeah. This is also NREM, or non-REM. Stage three and four, they used to be two stages, but they've recently, in the last like decade or so, been combined into one stage, so stage three. This is where you sleep the deepest. Your heart and brain activity are at their lowest. This is where it gets harder to wake from. This is where you get the most restorative chunk of sleep. This is also considered NREM, or non-REM sleep. Now we get to REM sleep. Stage five, or four, depending on what where you are in time Mm -hmm. now the first four stages of sleep are usually within the first 60 to 90 minutes of setting your head to the pillow then you hit the exciting and unusual rem sleep in REM sleep your brain waves tend to react as if you are awake the spikes in excitement in the brain waves go crazy this is where it is believed that you dream interesting thing that i genuinely did not know before before all this is that you and this mainly because i just didn't look it up you go through these cycles up to six times a night. As with snowflakes, everyone's brain is different, but it's usually marked that REM lasts, from 10, lasts up to 10 minutes in your first cycle and gets longer with each cycle. So by your third or fourth cycle of sleep, REM or REM sleep can last for up to an hour. A quick note, a quick quote from my textbook here. In summary, the typical eight hours of sleep experienced each night actually comprise several cycles that alternate between non-REM and REM sleep. The brain being quite active during during most of this supposedly dormant restful time. For reasons that are not clear, the amount of REM sleep each day decreases from about eight hours at birth to two hours at 20 years old and to only 45 minutes at about 70 years of age. Bit of a side turn here, but not really, so bear with me. Being a mother... I remember looking at my babies while they slept, and you could see them responding to their dreams. What could they possibly be dreaming about? They don't have enough life experience to put together real vivid dreams the way that you and I do, so what is happening? Well, when my son was three weeks old, I looked it up because I'm a nerd. Apparently, with babies, the best anyone can figure, babies are kind of non-stop REM sleep for the first year of their life. Which I guess is why they sleep so much. It is not restful. It's not as restful as it is for adults. You know, because it's, it's still... Uh, Their brain is still just as active as it is when they're awake. But what are they dreaming about? It's said that they just replay their day. There's not a lot of space in their little brains to imagine themselves as like fantasy baby heroes or anything wacky. Neuroscientists believe that this um, plays actually an important role in their developing brains. It allows them to build pathways, become integrated, and later helps them to develop language. Side note, and this might actually be interesting to you because of all the seagulls. Did you know that baby birds learn to sing songs in their REM sleep?
1: No, I did yeah. not. Neat, right? How do we know that? Uh, science. Good answer. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know what we... Okay, that's fine. Yes, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> um,
0: so, why do we dream as children and adults? What is the function and purpose of this? Nobody can really agree. So, I'm going to maybe give this one to you as to why we dream, because I have some information here, but I believe you probably have a lot more.
1: Yeah, so what I decided, what what I did was I um, read a paper called um, on Freud's interpretation, sorry, Freud's dream interpretation and the self-organization theory of dreaming. So I'll take you through my notes and I'll um, explain to you what this paper says and at any moment you can interject with your own points or opinions. Yes, ma'am. Self-organization theory of dreaming, first of all. Um, Is that the brain is a self-organizing system combining different um, neurological signals. Uh, So like different elements of your brain are working together to um, organize itself into a cohesive, continuous narrative during sleep. Um, So this basically means as well that this function works only in a state of sleep and it cannot function independently. So um, the process of self-organization must happen during sleep and that dreaming is a byproduct of it, basically. In self-organization theory the purpose of the dream or rather what the dream is is a reflection of the dreamer's physiological and psychological activities like memory memory consolidation emotional regulation and reception of external stimuli in other words it's admin your brain's yeah. admin Yeah
0: it's a data dump and so yes. some people call it
1: yeah Yeah Freud's theory however is less functional and more emotional Yeah Um, I think people know um, that Freud saw dreams as uh, the road to the unconscious and he interprets individual dreams to find their meaning. Psychoanalysis, sorry, which is called psychoanalysis. Um, He would divide dreams into two parts. Um, What are the materials of the dream and how do they work together in order to interpret the dreams? Did you have something you wanted to say? I thought your hand went up.
0: Oh, it was really about the, the data dump thing. Um, so nobody can agree, but uh, uh, one thought is that dreams are like the result of a data dump, like what you said, uh, because they could kind of monitor that the hippocampus, which controls memory, works with the neocortex, which is like higher functions such as uh, sensory perception, generation of motor commands, special reasoning, conscious thought and language, uh, to create meaning out of all the information the brain has collected. So they did map that those two parts of the brain are working together on a stronger vibration when you're dreaming.
1: Oh, well, there you go. Thanks. <laughs> science um freud's theory does not disregard the self-organization theory as they both include similar elements so external world stimuli experiences the physical body and mental activity occurring during sleep and because dreams consolidate memory emotion and an external stimuli it would reveal information about the dreamer in some shape or form yeah so let's break it down Memory consolidation, so that's one of the things that self-organization theory is saying that it's doing, right? So new memories are being encoded into the brain to become long-term memories, but this will inevitably interact with other older memories and contribute to the content of the dream. So we're talking about already existing long-term memories in your brain will be stimulated by the new coming memory formation. Yeah. So, um, that's how you learn Basically, you can't learn a new thing if you don't build it on the, you know, like the stepping stones, the blocks. Of what you've already people, learned. Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about REM sleep and non-REM sleep, mm-hmm. which we also talked to, talked about in um out of body experience episode. Yeah. Uh, which is interesting if you want to go back to that one uh, because it's another phenomenon happening during sleep, which is quite interesting or could potentially be happening during sleep. Sorry. <laughs> the processes during the different types of sleep are actually different so you're you're sort of processing different types of memory they think that REM sleep is when you are um processing emotional memory and non-REM sleep is when you are um uh, processing declarative memory which is facts and events so When babies are asleep, if they're always in REM sleep, they're literally just processing emotional memory, how things have made them feel. Non-REM sleep is where you're putting all your facts and events in place. So babies Mm -hmm. won't have that because they don't have a stimulated, you know, like they don't have a complicated enough life, which would explain why... They would only RAM sleep, kind of thing. Yeah. Like they only need they only need to process emotions at this point. because yeah, These learning- are all emotion anyway. <laughs> yeah, they're little bundles of my like, giggles meat. and tears. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Freud actually has a term for those two states, those two elements, um, as the day's residues, which I think is great. Yeah. So today's residues of my emotional memory and my declarative memory. So you need the two places to, to, to be able to process the two different kinds of information. And it totally makes sense that you need a deeper sleep to process emotional memory. And I imagine there's probably a lot of people that have slept with, you know, wires on their brains that would back this up. But a problem, a critique I have of the article that I read is that they did not at any point refer to any study in which the brain was actually monitored and this Mm. paper is from 2018 so they really could have done much better at referring to a lot of neurological studies but they didn't so this has to be a little bit of a caveat this is a very heavily focused on the psychology of not on the psychology but the psychoanalytical side of dreams yeah rather than the actual neurological and they admit that in the beginning of it they're saying that they're exploring freud's idea and this theory of self-organization anyway so just a little caveat there when we when we're processing the day's residues we are going to interact with existing long-term memories during this encoding the dream content may harken back to earlier experiences so this is where we get freudian like childhood trauma for example Or information known to the dreamer, but also evolutionary instincts. So a lot of people believe that perhaps the dreams of flying or being chased are actually encoded in our primate brain. Um, And that's how we interpret the world and um, uh, can help process the information. uh, But these sort of things like sporadically come up.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's there's a theory that, yeah, dreaming is actually sort of like a developed tool from early man as a way to prepare itself to face dangerous threats and challenges. Like one of the areas of the brain that's most active during dreaming is the amygdala. It's part of the brain associated with survival instinct or fight or flight response. So that's why they think that maybe we dream because early man did that as a way of recounting their day and figuring out how best to deal with the challenges ahead.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, exactly. So they've, they've learned lessons during the day and they need to be able to pop that in the permanent record so that they know how to uh, avoid such situations again or encounter such situations again. Mm-hmm. Because dreams are collating emotional experiences, a therapist may be able to enter. Uh, I, okay, so this is where dream interpretation comes in. I probably should have said that. So this is where dream interpretation comes in. You're armed with all of this information of like what's happening during sleep and, and you're dreaming. So where does psychoan- Where does psychoanalysis? <laughs> That's such a hard word to say. Yeah. Where so does psychoanalysis I'm come into it? So because stung, dreams- my tongue got stuck on my back tooth. So. <laughs> yeah. I feel like my teeth are going to fall out when I say it. (laughs) (laughs) Right, so, because dreams are collating emotional experiences, a therapist may be able to identify a patient's traumatic experience, like the affected memory, via the content of the dream. The therapist would need to then divide up the day's residues from the major emotional focus. That's the theory, and that's the problem. Yeah. So... This is where self-organisation theory and Freud's theory branch off from each other. Yeah. Because self-organisation theory does not void Freud's theory and Freud's theory does not void the other. They work in tandem to this point. They agree up to here. (laughs) Yeah. And I'll, I'll sort of bring it back later but this is where Freud's theory goes and yeah. um, goes a bit nuts and, and is totally flawed because unfortunately is totally subjective and yes. completely biased. Um, the therapist now becomes the sort of interpreter and there's no way to back this up scientifically. You can't um this becomes opinion basically yeah but interesting nonetheless um the bias which is the therapist themselves they could be and are transferring their personal experiences their own opinions onto the patients both unconsciously and consciously and in the process of basically skewing all the facts. It relies on the personal experience of the therapist 100%. It also relies on how self-reflective the patient is. So if you get yeah. somebody who's not able to sort of look at their own behaviors and see where it's come from, you're gonna keep hitting walls because it's completely subjective. It it would be impossible to be objective. Different things mean different things to different people at different times, and there's no yeah. way of knowing those differences it's just just impossible I'll get back into that later because obviously I'm gonna have to break it down even further but it honestly this is where psychoanalysis becomes um a a pseudoscience
0: yeah because I mean if somebody's not super into trying to figure out their own thing you're pretty much relying on this other person to tell you what it means for you yes and it's all up to them on how to interpret it
1: and their own personal experiences will be different to yours yeah, yeah. I have an example later about apples. Anyway, uh, <laughs> it's my own personal one. I don't remember whereabouts it comes up, but it comes up eventually.
0: I wrote, I wrote one too. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I, I, just, I'll give the listeners an opportunity to think about what apples mean to them. There yeah, we yeah, go. yeah. What do apples mean to you? And then we'll come back to that later. So. <laughs> If we look at a dream as being an accurate representation of the processes of memory encoding, interacting with the long-term memory, with no hidden meanings, distortion or disguise, it may be possible to use dreams as a tool by which patients and therapists can work together to enrich the therapeutic process. So this is if we are not looking at Freud's theories, we're looking yeah. at um, self-organisation. Because there has to... Be, I'll get into it, but there's basically Greenberg, Greenberg and Perlman, 1999, they believe that psychoanalysts can understand how dreams are conveyed, sorry, they can understand how dreams are conveying the dreamers' problems and resolving them in the dream. So mm. it's not that you're looking at these sort of like a whole old childhood traumas and you're trying to work out what's wrong, but it's literally a problem of the, the here and now and your problem can be seen by the therapist when you're recounting your dream and they can help you find out how your own brain has already resolved the problem in your in your mind
0: yeah or Um, not able to resolve the problem or yeah just whatever conflict you're having with that thing
1: yes and it's much easier to be able to recognize those things because you'd be going through it at the moment uh jennings in 2007 says that dreams are self-evident and reflect the dreamers experiences traits and wishes of the time
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so it's very much like uh, a live representation of who you are as a person so that's how another reason why the Freud theory and the self thingy, the self organisation theory kind of splinter off is because Freud thinks it's really deep rooted um, in your like, all childhood the time. all that yeah. whereas um, but he does actually recognise that there are different types of dreams um, I'll give him credit I'll, I'll, I'll come to that in a minute he does recognise these things because these are called manifest dreams which basically means that there are no hidden memories uh there's no need to delve into those things it's not you're not consciously aware of those things everything in the dream is right there that's all you need to know now he recognized that those those exist there are manifest dreams but he argues for the existence of latent dreams which are dreams with hidden purposes dreams are derived from but not like real life. And there are more bad dreams than good ones. Basically disagreeable versus agreeable. So if this is occurring, a dream is actually maybe a fulfillment of a wish. So this is where his idea of the, the wish fulfillment comes from. They can disguise their truth, and the job of a therapist is to kill it. Yeah. Okay, this is actually quite interesting because he now divides up um how dreams can be obscured and it's really interesting actually so how do you tell the difference between a latent dream and a manifest dream well you break it down into its four components and you can kind of analyze it that way so the four ways dreams can be obscured one condensation which is the reduction and simplification of rich content two displacement Various aspects are replaced by another. Okay. So like a different home or a different car or something like that, right? Yes. Things are not quite right. So it's not quite the reality. Yeah. Three, symbols. So signs that are relevant and significant. Oh, people talk about symbology in dreams all the time. I got a bit. (laughs) and number four the last way that a dream can be a a latent dream can be obscured is and this makes total sense it's called secondary revision which is the disordered the disordered and incoherent dream content is forced into a reasonable well-organized narrative so it can be expressed yeah because if you think about your dreams they are fucking weird And you have to try to find a way to convey those weird things to another human being and have them understand it. So your brain will force it into some kind of cohesive narrative in order for you to be able to say it. Yeah. So you're obscuring the actual truth of the dream by doing that. Yeah. Another place where the self-organisation theory differs is it offers a different perspective on these elements. So where Freud is saying that this is where you can... Look for obscurement of hidden meanings. Self-organization theory says, no, 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 there's a more logical explanation for this. Let's get into it. Condensation occurs because of the fragmentary nature of memory during consolidation. Extradition of important information for further processing. Um, sorry, that was the wrong tone. <laughs> 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 Condensation occurs because of the fragmentary nature of memory during consolidation and the extraction of important information for further processing. So condensation is simply happening because you're not going to remember everything. Displacement is due to the lack of control the brain has of the dream content during sleep, allowing a high level of freedom to those elements. So your brain isn't actually in control of the dreaming process, so it's basically... What happens to a child when it's not being controlled? Fucking wrongs yeah. amok, right? So because of these, the brain develops new connections and the self-organization process combines to construct a memory, which is the secondary revision that Freud talks about. So because of all of these processing taking place, the secondary revision revision is the memory being yeah. stored. You've just seen the sort of um
0: flipbook version of it
1: yeah yeah you've seen just the the effect of the memory being stored rather than the dream meaning anything yeah Symbols symbols simply do not occur. Elements in dreams are merely memory fragments and other components in information processing. So your brain just remembers what a mirror looks like and it's going to stick a mirror up to fill a void kind of thing. There's no symbolism to it whatsoever. It's just your brain filling in gaps. Simply because that's what your brain does. And we talked about that in the out of body experience episode. Your brain fills in gaps where it where it can't logically understand what's happening, so it kind of just sticks something there for you to so you don't panic about it, because that's not the important bit. The important bit is the memory consolidation. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that self organization theory is saying you can't interpret dreams. So this is this it keeps flipping me around this article. <laughs> if the brain's control over physical and mental activities is limited during sleep, which it is, then the dreams have this freedom that that makes bizarre scenes and unrealistic miracles possible. But this must be limited because otherwise they could impair the brain function. So self-organization theory is necessary to provide a stable state of structure so this, the brain needs to be able to provide like a kind of framework mm-hmm. in order for then the mind to kind of f- have a freedom because if it doesn't have that um, basis foundation that that solid structure then we might actually um uh, <laughs> would affect our brain function and we we wouldn't form the memory properly yeah that's that's to say that that goes back to the beginning when i said that the dream state is dependent on the function of the brain on the brain like it has to work in tandem yeah whereas freud thinks that dreaming is completely about the self like it's about the i don't want to get into the the ego and the super ego right now (laughs) But basically, he's he's he thinks that dreams are more, let's just say that he sees a separation between the body and the mind. Yeah. And that uh, dreams take place in the mind and not in the body. Whereas self-organization theory is saying, no, 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 it's very much rooted in the body, but it does allow a lot of mental freedom, and that's yeah, okay. A lot of wiggle room. Uh, yeah. But beyond the functional aspect um beyond the functional aspects of dreams like the memory formation emotion must be an important factor in dreams as dreams often are accompanied by some emotional response particularly negative ones so self organization theory can't deny this different people have contributed to the overall conclusion that emotions must control and guide them serving as a springboard for example the aforementioned traumatic experience could constitute the core theme of a dream and suggest an avenue for further treatment. So you can absolutely be having dreams that are emotional and have to do with trauma. And that is where, you know, you get your PTSD treatments and you get people that are dealing with, um, well, I don't want to like trigger people, but we can all imagine the different kinds of traumas that people go through where their dreams are affected because they are highly emotional. So emotions are certainly relevant to the processing and encoding of memories associations between emotional and physiological responses to stimuli cannot be denied i we have unique emotional responses to seemingly mundane things or variable emotional responses to different situations i'd call this your personality yeah i don't i don't know what a psychologist would call So what I'm basically trying to say is that Your emotional self And your um,
0: Logical uh, self
1: well, Yeah your, your physical Sort of your physical processing Is going on the memory formation Is going on you're learning About the events and you're learning about Things throughout the day that is certainly A part of um, dream formation But there's certainly an emotional Aspect to it but that's sort of your personality Part so, this is where I was going to talk about the apple. So, someone might look at a dream containing the main theme as an apple. And some people might interpret the apple to mean, let's say, what's your association with apple? Health. Okay, so health. I, I mean, I, I might say that someone might associate it with teachers. Yeah, or Eden, religious symbology. Exactly. Now, what if I told you that my association with apples is uh, teeth? Okay, that makes sense. Yep. Okay, so I've, for most of my life, not been able to eat an apple straight off the core. I have to cut it up. And recently I've started eating apples right off the core. So, to me, that's kind of an achievement. That's something I didn't think I was ever going to be able to do. So, if there's an apple in my dream, it's either because I'm still sort of scared of apples, of breaking yeah. my teeth, or it's it can be seen as a positive thing because I've gotten over that and I'm eating You've apples. Accomplished that, yeah. Yeah. So, an analyst, a psychoanalyst, wouldn't know that. And if I told them that there is an apple in my dream, they might go, oh, it is your desire for to be a teacher and it's your desire to um relay information and be rewarded for that a sharing of knowledge. It makes sense because that is something I aspire to, but mm-hmm. actually deep down and actually That's not what it
0: meant to you in your dream. No, no yeah.
1: not at all. So and everyone listening will have a different association for apples, I'm sure. There might even be somebody who's scared of apples. I kind of was, I wasn't scared of apples. I was scared of what apples could potentially do to my teeth. It was, it was intimidating to you. Yeah. 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 So I, you know, I could understand why somebody would maybe think that apples, um, are maybe a trigger for me, but they're not. So, but yeah, a psychoanalyst yeah, yeah. might think, Oh, it's a fear trigger. It has to do with your intimidation. And like, you know, so th- this is where it's incredibly subjective. Um, theory but the article concludes that dreams dream analysis is useful in therapeutic processes because both self-organization theory and Freud's idea allow therapists to derive important information like significant memories from the dream content and emphasizes emotions of the dreamer whether it is in the they're simple whether it's simply the formation of memory or by some unconscious wish fulfillment so you can you can derive meaning from dreams from both theories but yeah yeah from different places i I think the best way to, to say it is that like freud would be kind of focusing on a deeper uh level of subconsciousness Whereas, like, the self-organization theory is going, right, well, this is how your brain is interpreting your day. Let's look at that.
0: And Freud was very sexual in his interpretations a lot of the
1: time. (laughs) Okay, so I kind of went on a little bit of a side journey to learn about Freud as a person. Yeah. And his relationship with Carl Jung. Because I think it is quite important to mention that I have omitted another very, very influential dream interpretation person so his protege Carl Jung um has um they share up to a certain point the same um ideas and then Jung kind of branched off and absolutely broke Freud's heart and then Freud stopped talking to Carl Jung and that broke Carl Jung's heart it is like the saddest thing but also really funny because they were little drama bitches about the whole thing. Um But if you want to learn about that, that is a rabbit hole I highly recommend, is the relationship between Freud and Jung. But yes, you're right. Um, Freud's um, theory kind of goes into these places that I'm a little bit like, "Mm." it's highly
0: sexual. If you walk into a cave in your dream, clearly you're wanting to enter a vagina. But even Freud said sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. So, you know. And
1: that's because he recognizes the concept of Manifest Ma- dreams. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he does recognize that they exist and that, um, yes, part of dreaming is memory formation. He does think that. But he, this is where he gets really controversial because he's, um, if you're a feminist, you kind of stop liking him here because it's very sort of, it's very chauvinist and sort
0: of- Well, yeah, but also at the time there were at a very, it was a very sexually repressed time. So it makes sense that a lot of his interpretations, like you really need to stick your dick in something, <laughs> so, like you're
1: really craving some some pussy right now. I mean, um, there's probably, I mean, there's a lot of it. he talks. Basically, he he came up with the idea of the libido. So if you've ever heard the concept of the libido, which I'm pretty sure you probably have, that's oh, Freud. Yeah. He believes in this inner, like, sexual animal but that male libido is dominant and that female libido is submissive. That's why it's anti-feminist.
0: I can argue that a little bit. (laughs) But there's more. There's
1: more. More. Right, so just to add a little cherry on top, I found another article called Dream Interpretation and Human Motives. This is really, really short. It just wants to add to the mix of emotional... Um, so, what did I call it? The emotional memory and the declarative memory. Okay. Being made. So, and that it's uh, an accumulation of um, facts, events, and emotions. This article adds that culture is also intrinsic to the in, in, you know important for the formation of dreams so how we all interact with and experience the world will be culturally specific so therefore the formation of memory and what we do with that information will be too so it adds so if, for example like in children specifically this is the occulturization period so they're learning how to human and it's yeah. key to dream content so it might be a simple or complex depending on how you look at it it could be as simple as as learning how we fit into the great scheme of things and how we are going to become our quote self so the, adding that cultural element in it means that we are thinking about how we fit into society and it makes complete sense when you think about children dreaming what are they dreaming about they're dreaming about their emotional reactions to things they're dreaming about the facts that they've learned and the events that they've experienced but they're also putting that into a cultural context so that they know how to act within the culture that they're being raised in and it helps them to socialize and become basically whether they're going to become good or bad people It happens during sleep. So this makes sleeping and dreams feel a little bit more important than rest, doesn't it? Yeah. It adds that layer of, oh, actually, when I'm dreaming, I'm learning how I fit into the world and how I'm going to act.
0: You've actually just made a whole lot of sense of a recurring dream that I had as a child.
1: Yeah, I know. I read that last one. I was like, oh, Okay. Well, I came up with the sort of <sighs> that um, it makes sleeping and dreams feel more significant. But, you know, when people say to you, oh, sleeping is such an important aspect for your mental health. But you're like, yeah, I know, because you're resting. It's not because you're resting. Yeah. It's because you are actually filtering and 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 um, uh, organizing, organizing your, your experiences in a way that actually makes you yourself makes you who you are feeds your personality becomes your identity so if you're not sleeping properly you're gonna be like i think that's gotta be why we're grouchy or shitty or you know like being a bit like or like not yourself when you've not slept right because actually you've not had a chance to um you know process information properly and and decide what you think about it yeah 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 yeah, and if you think about your dreams as a child, you think, I know why I have this recurring nightmare now. Because actually, one of my biggest fears in life in general is maybe, for example, like one of my recurring nightmares, I will not tell you, but one of my recurring nightmares I can see now as oh, that's the manifest of my desire to help people that are yeah. have learning disabilities specifically.
0: Got it, yeah. When I was a little kid, I had this recurring dream. I swear to God, I had it like at least four times a week. Every for, for like seven or eight years. Just this constant dream is always the same or very, very similar. And I was like in a candy land. It was a giant castle. And my mom was the queen, but she was also kind of scary. And I was there with my little sister. And this castle, every single room had a different kind of monster in it. Like there was this one gypsy woman who was like like a deadite with the big white eyes and long mm-hmm. fingers, this crystal ball fucking terrifying. There was one that had like Critters, like from the movie Critters, just these tiny little like monster things coming yeah. out of refrigerators and shit. And the whole dream, I'm just trying to find my sister and keep her safe. But with that context, I mean, a lot of it was just like my mom was gone a lot because she was always working. So it was my job to be mom you know to take mm-hmm. care of my sister and to always keep her safe and and make sure that she's okay that whole dream was me just like my mom's there I know she's there we'll cut we'll get back to her but I need to make sure my sister can navigate this thing safely mm-hmm. and that that was my job growing up so I mean that makes that
1: makes sense loving it, Feeling yeah, it. so it, it doesn't mean that things have to be um this is but this is I talk about f- quite frequently the dichotomy of theories people think that it has to be one or it has to be the other but there's plenty of common ground between these two theories okay. and there's a lot of places where using both of them makes more sense than just using one or the other and it just means that there's just sort of this commonality between ideas that can be its own theory and of itself I suppose but people borrow from Freudian dream, interpretation people borrow from um this self organization theory but you have to make sure that you're doing it in a way that's not like picking and choosing <laughs> you know what I mean like you have to use well, the elements that don't contradict each other um, I think it's it's a little bit of all of it you know um
0: uh, I have a little thing about interpreting dreams from from my perspective mm-hmm. I, I didn't know if I'm going to go into that a little bit uh so I have always been an extremely vivid dreamer. And they think that there's actually a connection between uh people with insomnia or narcolepsy or other sleeping disorders that have that have a tendency to dream more vividly than others. And I have insomnia and I always have I've had insomnia since I was like six, six years old. Um so I've always been a really vivid dreamer. My friends have been simultaneously bored stiff and wildly entertained by my recounting of dreams. My poor boyfriend and ex-wife had to deal with me telling in great detail my dreams as soon as I wake up because if I don't, I'll forget them. So I will just. But here,
1: here, I gotta tell you about my dream. Don't move. Don't move. You don't have to say anything. Just listen. I have you come across just to interject. So you can carry on. But have yeah. you come across anyone that talks about that phenomena of forgetting your dream? No. Okay. I just wondered if that which where that fits in because I I I and many 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 people forget the dreams most people forget their dreams if you don't no, that's why, like yeah. Kate Bush infamously sleeps with a notebook next to her because her dreams are inspired by sorry her songs are inspired by her dreams and she knows that if she doesn't write it down immediately that she'll lose it so she dreams and then she wakes up and then she writes down her dream she goes back to sleep um, well, my
0: my theory on that is kind of because your dreams are actually really fragmented. So you can have like a really, like for me, I can have a really, really vivid dream. And to me, it's a complete storyline, beginning, to end, you know, really fleshed out dreams. Um, but if I don't say it right away, it's all just dis- dissipates. And that's because I believe that dreams come to you in flashes. So much like a flip book. So it's just like boom, image, boom, image, boom, image, and then you come, at, you come, kind of, kind of create the story from there, from this sort of flipbook account that you've had in your in your sleep. Um, so, oh, I have a little bit on that too, but let me just do this interpretive interpretation bit. So, but I, I love my dreams. I love my dreams. My dreams are super fun and weird and just insane. My nightmares, my fantasies, all of it but everyone will interpret interpret dreams differently. You can go out and get a book or just Google what your dreams mean. And it will probably be not quite right unless you really want to believe this person book or site to sort of like understand you for you.
1: Which is actually counterintuitive. Oh, to com- only
0: completely, only completely. So according to any dream interpretation, it's the images or according to many dream interpretations, particularly in the more uh, witchy poo spiritual thing, it's all image based. Um, and symbols and symbology. Well, it so,
1: assumes that things mean the same thing to everybody.
0: Yeah, and it, that's what it is. That's the problem, is that it assumes that this may, will mean this to you. So a tree, uh, if you, a quick Google search of a tree in a dream will give you... A dream of a tree is a symbolic meaning of life. A tree is a representation of how life grows and the connection to your family and relatives. In particular, this dream represents different elements of your self-development through your experiences in waking life. Which... I'm sure you could find something relevant to that, Mm. you know, if you really, really want to be like, oh, yeah, that's totally what's happening. But me personally, I have a lot of dreams about whales, right? Nightmares about whales, particularly orcas. They scare the (laughs) shit out of me. Recurring theme. yes, Yes. But if you look up whales in dreams, you will get something like whales usually represent a big event in your life or a strong feeling of solitude. The appearance of a whale in a dream can signify that everything will be okay, and is often related to spiritual matters of the mind and heart, which is not what the whale in my dream is telling me at all. So as a witch who genuinely wants to help and not just give you hokey shit, my first question would be, what was the whale doing? How did that make you feel? Because to me, it's more important how how that affected you. What it made you, how it made you react, that's where you're going to get a bit of a more. Uh, that's where you get a little bit more of a solid grounding on what that meant to you. So I'm, if that is fear, it's not necessarily fear of a whale that you're you're actually feeling, but feeling of something bigger than yourself is what I would take away from that.
1: I'm glad you know that I mean? you say, I'm glad that you would ask someone to reflect on how they felt in the dream because yeah. that. That, to me, is the most important element of it because I I think I touched on the idea that there's a difference between something that is like a deep-rooted Freudian meaning behind a dream, which is that sort of uh, a symbol of something that means something to you in life in general, or there's the... Um, manifest dream or sort of more uh, the sorry the the now the here and now dream which I prescribe more to so you're trying to process experiences of the moment yeah and so when you have a dream about a whale how are you feeling in the dream because that's what's important that's the important formation of the memory that's the formation of the emotional uh framework if you will you know like that's what's being processed now exactly not 20 years ago so tell me what you think of the whale now so i'm exactly. glad that you would you go down that path as well and it's not all about having a deep-rooted fear of whales it's about what that whale is doing in that dream that particular time yeah, on that particular can... day
0: I could have a dream about a whale and feel like completely awed by it and amazed by it, which is not my normal reaction to it. So that would stand out to me as like I was not actually afraid of it. That's that's a big deal as far Mm -hmm. as trying to interpret that dream. So. um, So, yeah, so for me, whales make me terrified, uh, feel small, like I'm in immediate danger. So and, and yes, I do have many many dreams about them. I have a hard time with <laughs> <laughs> I have a hard time with dream interpretation as a cut and dry tree means this or boat means that or you being stabbed by zombie Abe Lincoln clearly means that money is coming into your life. Mm-hmm. It doesn't take into account that these symbols can mean very different things to very different people. So I believe that dreams are absolutely telling you things. I do believe that, but that's it's you telling you things things you are trying to tell yourself to deal with certain issues or situations. But I feel like focusing on image interpretation misses the mark. The most important thing are to address the color schemes and the emotions of your dreams. So sometimes you could have like a really pleasant experience, but the whole thing is sort of tinged with the color of red and it leaves it like, you know, this, the situation is pleasant, but it feels wrong. That's an important thing to remember too. Do or you think that that take...
1: might be specific to people though, because I don't have colored differences in in my
0: dreams at all absolutely but for like for me it does so if I notice that the color is throwing the the emotion off then that's something for me to can to keep into consideration you know what I mean but there's also like I could have one dream where I beat a zombie's face in with my fist and I wake up shaking and freaked out I've done that I've had a dream where Mm. I I beat a zombie's face in to a pulp and I woke up with the half moon crescents of my nails in my fists and just Mm. shaking and freaked out and then I could have a dream about punching a zombie to death in another dream and wake up feeling like a total badass. How I respond to the imagery is more important than the image of the zombie. The zombie doesn't mean shit. Cause I dream about weird ass zombies all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's sort of like my kind of interpretation on. Interpreting yeah, dreams. No, it
1: makes sense because basically you're talking about the emotional processing of your day is what's manifest in dreams. And it's very much of the here and now and mm-hmm. you're formulating uh, your memory of your experiences and what's really important to forming those uh, lessons from those experiences is how you emotionally react to them. Exactly. And, and, and uh, who you are, it's your personality. That is your identity. That is your person. If you like, if you don't have an emotional response to something that is telling in the same way that like you're saying, feeling um like a badass is telling and feeling Mm -hmm. scared is telling. It's just telling telling you what it wants you to like it's telling you right then and there. So it really isn't that difficult. Yeah it's really wake up from a dream scared it was a scary dream. You were processing a scary memory. Yeah, yeah. Or processing something that shook you. I mean it could not even it doesn't even
0: necessarily have to be a memory. Uh you could have a dream that does relate to some sort of childhood trauma or something like that. And that's probably because something in the previous day sort of triggered that. And maybe you're sort of figuring that out. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. It's not because it's always on your mind. It was triggered in that day and it's formulating and sometimes really, really beneficial to to work that out in your dream, even though it can be really exhausting and weird. Mm. I did also write a little thing about how long are dreams, because that's always been really interesting to me. Because mm. uh, I can have a dream that feels like five hours long, and I've only actually been asleep for a minute.
1: There's a common myth that they're one minute long, right? Yeah. Are you going to yeah. blow our
0: minds? I, I don't I don't think I'm going to actually blow your minds because it's very hard to actually do research on that.
1: Ah, what a fucking surprise. Right. I know.
0: I'm Sorry. <laughs> so my biggest issue with dreams is how long they seem to last i've spent three days i've spent three days in a dream sobbing hysterically and woke up out of breath covered in tears to discover that i'd only been asleep for three hours so how do we spend roughly 20-25 percent of our night actually dreaming in REM sleep with the uh, longest chunk of time spent in the morning hours before waking i remember a few years ago being told that no dream actually lasts longer than 60 seconds i couldn't find anything to verify that and honestly i'm not surprised Dreams are almost impossible to research. I liked that theory, though, because I specifically remember on more than one occasion waking up to pee or get water and then having that really long, crazy, vivid dream and uh, waking up like, oh, I, I only got up to pee like literally a minute ago. So, like I said before, what I could gather, if your dream really wants to tell you a story really quickly, it comes in flash images, like the flip books. So you get, like, uh, we fill in the gaps with our waking imagination, but our brain is like, boom, beach, boom, boat, boom, ten faces of friends, boom, giant eels, boom, one friend dead, boom, man-eating plants, boom, volcano, and you wake up just having an epic three-hour voyage, but in reality, only a small amount of time has passed. That was really kind of just my theory. And I did want to go into quarantine dreams or pandemic dreams, because I'm sure everyone has read these articles. Everyone's having crazy dreams right now, right? Have they come across on your pages?
1: Um, Yeah, I've heard that other people are having crazy dreams. And I think that I've been talking about some of my crazy dreams to Turner, but I've forgotten them already. Because I literally can't remember them.
0: And weirdly enough, as somebody who has had vivid dreams my whole life... I'm not having them right now,
1: mm.
0: which is really unusual. It's like strikingly unusual but because
1: if, if we think about if, if okay, so it makes sense actually in the context of what I've just been talking about. If 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 dreams are simply a byproduct of um uh of the processing of emotion, sorry, the the processing of the day's residues. Mm-hmm. We haven't really been doing much.
0: We haven't been doing much, yeah.
1: (laughs) So there's not much to process. So our dreams are going to be a bit fucking, like, you know, you're going to still have that framework of of memory processing, but maybe your mind's a little bit more free to go and do whatever it wants. I'm apparently still dreaming pretty intensely because I've been told,
0: you know, Tim told me that he's, you know, woken up to me uh, crying in the middle of the night. So I'm still dreaming, dreaming really intensely. I'm just not remembering them, which is right. unusual. So pandemic, de- pandemic dreams, A.K.A. quarantine dreams. All right. <laughs> Quote: A lot of people are having dreams about hands, says Florida-based dream analyst Lori Loenberg. They fall off, skins comes off them, or they don't work. It's like a vision. Of the uh, it's a vision with a simple explanation. We're afraid to touch anything. If you touch something, you could kill someone. So I read about a dozen articles, and there are some really interesting theories. In most cases, drinking, which has been happening a bit more, mm-hmm. uh, tends to shut down our ability to recall dreams. But sometimes excessive drinking can make the dreams way more vivid. I think I'm not alone in consuming a wee bit more alcohol than before. Not much in my case, but I'm watching a lot of my friends actually develop problems that I'm a little bit worried about.
1: As I sip from a glass of wine, now I'm just kidding. <laughs>
0: So that's one thing to keep in mind.
1: also pandem-
0: pandemics such as this have a tendency to leave many people um, with PTSD or PTSD like symptoms. Um, not just our frontline workers but people like me with anxiety people people who have are just bit a bit more prone to really being fucked by the fear of this. Our frontline workers are pretty much guaranteed to suffer with pandemic uh, pandemic uh, like PTSD like dreams or symptoms for a long time. One of the many brutal symptoms of PTSD is the nightmares, recurring visions of what has been, how it could have been, and so on. So even if your day is nothing but watching your kids or petting your cat, you are prone to. Uh, if you are prone to anxiety, then this thing can be right fucking terrifying, even if it's not directly something you're experiencing. I sometimes kiss my kids goodnight terrified they won't wake up the next day. That fear has just kind of, like, doubled tenfold. It's, it's mm-hmm. increased. And that was a fear I had before the pandemic. Dead children dreams that I, I have... I do remember those, they're just not as vivid in such vivid detail, but I do know that I've been having dead children dreams a lot, and it sucks. Also, another thing, and this is my own theory, because I know that a lot of my dreams are, um, can be heavily influenced by what I watch before bed.
1: hmm
0: And what are we all doing right now? Binge watching! yeah. If I'm not binge-watching television, then I have a drip of news directly into my veins. Nonstop news or TV, TV or news, watching, watching, watching. This also makes for very vivid dreams, particularly in cinemascope. We're all doing it. This is just a super easy format for your brain to follow in making its dreams. So if I just watched Bob Burgers, it's a 40% chance that my dream is going to take place in a burger joint now.
1: Could I tell you the last three films I watched, Melanie? Yes. Over the last couple of nights, you're going to love it. All right, so Turner and I are on a, a classic um, disaster movie oh, no. binge. <laughs> so no. we watched Poseidon Adventure. Nice. Towering Inferno. And then Earthquake. Good grief. Good grief. Can I just tell you, I'm sorry, a little side note, Poseidon Adventure yeah. is fucking amazing. Nice. If you like disaster movies, guys, go watch that movie gene hackman perfect it's so good so good but i'm surprised i'm not having dreams about some kind of okay so they they tend to follow a very similar format which is like a party is occurring and then the 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 um a disaster occurs during the party yeah. it's a way of explaining why there's like a load of people in the same place but and like ignorant things happen and bad decisions are made it's kind of like the whole um not closing the beach in sharks because it's an event it's a festival right yeah. but i'm surprised i'm not having dreams about parties being just like just Destroyed. ruined by some disaster <laughs> but like personal to me like so there's like a big party and the disaster is just that um nobody um, seems to be able to um, get the courage up to say hello to the person next to them so it's just yeah. a of silent people going I really want them to like me and so <laughs> I want to say the wrong thing so I'm just going to sit here and slowly sm- just smile, smile. <laughs> party ruined that sounds like a terrible dream <laughs> but terrifying right yeah yeah
0: yeah no, that would be deeply uncomfortable <laughs>
1: Sorry, please do continue. I I recommend Dante's Inferno and Poseidon Adventure. I don't recommend so much Earthquake. Actually, I do. Go watch Earthquake as well. It's <laughs> nice. uh,
0: all right. So I just got two more little things that I want to bring up. Um, so I'll just dive into prophetic dreams. Really
1: is this quickly. is where you're gonna lose me. I know. For it. I know. I know. So
0: what are prophetic dreams? Oh, it's very short. It's
1: very short little film. It's okay, I was just exhaling, not sighing. I want to make that very clear.
0: Sure.
1: <laughs>
0: prophetic dreams are dreams in which you see the future. Now, obviously, there are they are hard to research because one, we don't know it's prophetic until it happens in real life. And two, people only tend to recall having a prophetic dream after the event occurred. And how reliable is that?
1: It's called confirmation bias, but anyway, go ahead. Yes,
0: yes. So... <laughs> Now, it is interesting that most prophetic dreams happen during pandemics. Um, Dr. Murray Stein, a renowned author and Jungian analyst at the International School of Analytic Analytic Psychology in Zurich, Switzerland, said that he had no statistics on whether people have predictive dreams more frequently in times of crisis than at other times. In his experience, one can't know if a dream is precognitive until after the event. After 9-11, he said people Uh. Sorry. for cognitive dreams that foretold the disaster. He said peace people also reported dreams that foretold the financial crisis of 2008. Abraham Lincoln said he had a dream before his death 2 weeks before he was assassinated. He
1: also dreamt about his death dozens of times before because okay, he was in a that depressed dream, man he, he did say that he would he he did say in
0: that dream that he uh, was told that the president had been assassinated. But so there's that
1: His wife also dreamt and she saw him as a ghost in, in the mirror. I oh, mean... I know, I know,
0: I know, <laughs> I know. It is not a precise thing. So dreams that occur during um or during before or, or around great big events are called Black Swan events. According to Investopedia, a black swan is an unpredictable event that is beyond what is normally expected of a situation, and has potentially severe consequences. Black Swan events are characterized by their extreme rarity, their severe impact, and the practice of explaining widespread failure to predict them as simply folly in hindsight. So the recent outbreak of coronavirus might be considered a black swan event, and perhaps we will soon hear about how people have had many prophetic dreams about this. Do I believe in prophetic dreams? I actually do. Kind of. To a point. Only because I've had some. Um, I've had more than a few dreams that have actually ended up coming true. And this, I I have, if only I still talked to this person. Um, I had a dream once, and it was very clear. And I told my friend who was spending the night uh, that night. I told her the next morning all about it. And in my dream, we were on a mountain. There was a path ahead of us. She was standing to my side. We were smoking a cigarette. And there were people gathered in small groups all around us. And up ahead, there was a little, there was a bright light and a, and a group of people that we wanted to talk to. And so we're going up closer to them. And I'm worried about my cigarette. I'm worried that something is going to go wrong with me having my cigarette by that group of people. And I remembered having that dream very, very, very clearly. And I told you all about it. And she was like, yeah, that's weird, Whatever. A month later, we ended up going to a mountain party. I had no idea that this was part of the plan because I don't like raves or parties as a rule. They, they kind of mm-hmm. like, you know, big parties like that. They kind of scare me and I'm not a huge fan. But I went with her. And at one point during the night, we're on mushrooms and we're on the mountain. It's a small path ahead of us. There are small groups of people sitting on either side of us, me and her smoking a cigarette and we're walking forward and I see this bright light. And I realize that it's a friend of mine sitting next to a giant Nas tank. And I want to go sit over there and hang out with them, but I'm worried about having my cigarette so close to a Nas tank. It was the exact same situation as the dream that i had had a month previously. Step by step. It was terrifying. It was like really surreal, especially they come to that realization on mushrooms was really uncomfortable, but that that's something that I actually did experience. And very definitely had no intention of going to a party had no intention of that sort of being something i wanted to do but i had that dream in very vivid detail
1: what if i told you that that was possibly the matrix see then that's that's fine but i mean it's
0: also technically a prophetic dream in this reality yes yeah yeah
1: it did feel okay, like a matrix
0: um, like, a glitch, though. It was really yeah, convicting. so it's a
1: glitch in the matrix. So really, really, really quickly, without any explanation, I'm going to, like, left step to simulation theory. There's an idea that we are all involved. We are actually all part of a simulation and that nothing is actually real. And so if you are uh, interested, go and read Michael Talbot's uh, The Holographic universe i think it's called and it'll tell you all about simulation theory and that dream will be explained in simulation theory as either a uh, experience which your your character if you will has already played out okay and is doing again because maybe a mistake happened and the and and you had to go back to the beginning of the simulation well, or... yeah, because,
0: because if I hadn't been already aware of that, because if I hadn't have had that dream, I probably wouldn't have thought twice about the cigarette in my hand walking up to that Nas tank.
1: Exactly. So the idea would be that actually in this um, simulation, you went up and you caused an explosion and maybe your uh, player, if you will, had to go back and uh, redo that because you they... That we start the level, exactly. And it doesn't have to go just to the beginning of the event. It goes all the way back to your last save. And if you've not saved in a really, really long time, <laughs> you're screwed. Which happened to me the other day. I want to talk about it. I played for, like, 20 minutes in bloody Fallout and then died. And I hadn't saved in so long. Oh, 20 minutes man. in a video game is, like, an like Eternity, hours. yeah. But there's also the idea that... um. It could also have been the programming going into the simulation happened while you were sleeping, quote unquote, because the the game is paused or whatever. And so you just happened to uh, dream the coding going in. But that was always going to be there. You just got a little glimpse at it. So that's why I said technically, I suppose, in this reality, that is prophetic because you are seeing a glimpse of the future. But what you're seeing is future coding in your simulation. Anyway, go (laughs) read the book. (laughs) So but okay, So, to a point, I kind of do
0: believe in prophetic dreams just because I've had a couple experiences very similar to that one. Do I also believe that people will tell you that they dreamed this thing would happen and that you should give them money because they obviously have been granted a gift from God? Of course, it's very easy to capitalize on spirituality in times of crisis. So keep that in mind. Just yeah. listeners, keep that in mind. And my last little thing for the night, there's a yokai for that yay okay so here's a typical Melzy thing to do i found a yokai for this of course now i wanted to go into dream demons dream monsters dream creatures and amazing tales of dreamy things but honestly i got so interested in the science that i couldn't put it down so i'll most definitely do a mini-sode or more unless daniel wants to do a whole episode on dream creatures which actually sounds more fun thinking about it now yeah yeah just as
1: a topic dream creatures yeah dream creatures yeah
0: But in the meantime, I couldn't do a whole episode without bringing up something odd. So today we have the Baku. The Baku is a strange holy beast that has the body of a bear, the head of an elephant, the eyes of a a rhinoceros, the tail of an ox, and the legs of a tiger. Despite this monstrous appearance, Baku are revered as powerful forces of good and as one of the holy protectors of mankind watch over humans and act as guardian spirits. They feed on the dreams of humans, particularly bad dreams. Evil spirits and naughty yokai fear Baku and flee from Baku-inhabited areas. Because of this, health and good luck follow Baku wherever they go. Baku's written name and image have been used as symbols of good luck and talismans and charms throughout Japanese history. In the old days, it was common to embroider the kanji for Baku onto pillows in order to keep away bad dreams, sickness, and evil spirits. Fearsome baku images are commonly carved into the pillars above temple doors and on the columns supporting temple roofs. Baku are one of the only handful of holy creatures honored in this manner. Legend has it that when the world was new and the gods were making the animals, the baku was put together from the leftover bits and pieces that they found at the end of creation. That explains its bizarre, bizarre appearance and why it is considered a favorite of the gods. Today, the Japanese Japanese word baku also refers to the tapir, which is a really weird ass animal. Look it up, it's
1: amazing. I, I know tapirs.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yep. Z Frank does a great video on uh, true facts about tapirs and or tapirs. So and the animal was named for its uncanny resemblance to the holy chimerical beast.
1: They can also shit really far. Yeah, <laughs> they're just so weird. I <laughs> Genuinely, have a photograph of a sign in front of a tapir exhibit saying, "Please stand back. They can fire their feces over 20 feet." And you're going,
0: "Okay." Genius.
1: Genius. <laughs> Amazing awesome? things. Hey, I, that's awesome. Are you done? I'm done. Yeah, okay. So I didn't want to interrupt in the middle, but I want to say that's awesome. But while you were talking, I had a sudden realization that somewhat distracted me. But it's relevant. Go. Okay. So you remember we talked about in the Out of Body Experience episodes about the idea of mass consciousness. Yeah. And that's where the self comes from. We come in and out of the mass consciousness. Yeah. What if dreams are happening in that mass consciousness with everybody else
0: oh yeah yeah I mean have you ever had a dream where you really felt felt like you were with someone and you went like they should know that they were in that dream with you too yes yeah I have that
1: a lot there's no way that I could have predicted their body language and reactions so accurately that had to have been them
0: well, yeah, but I mean, it's it, there's there's a feeling deep down in your gut that runs through your every fiber when when you greet somebody that you haven't seen in a really long time. And that, that joy is so, so real, so palpable. And it's more so like I could have a dream about, you know, my dad and be like, oh, cool, it's my dad. And then I can have a dream where I was just like, oh, my God, dad, dad, did you feel that? And I'll like send him a message the next morning. Dad, I had a dream and I really felt like you were there with me. And he goes, yeah, I kind of felt like I woke up with you. Having like helped me at some point, so you know, those kinds of things are, are are something to be discovered too.
1: One of my quotes touches on that very concept. Nice, but I I sort of had that sort of idea that the mass consciousness maybe be either the root of the dreams or possibly where dream the dreamscape is, and also reminded me of the idea of quantum. Uh, mechanics in the string theory in that possibly dreams are glimpses into the other realities and the other um, and that sort of like sort of idea deja vu being because like that's where a reality is similar it's it's just a
0: dimension it's just a dimension of reality that we dip into sometimes when we're tapped in right Yeah.
1: yeah when we're on the right frequency yeah 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 oh my god uh, if we were both stoned right now this conversation would be so long so long (laughs) this would be like the next 12 hours of our lives (laughs) but what if but because the more we learn about things doing all our different topics the more things that we can throw into this because had we just researched dreams like this we wouldn't have had all of these other parallels to think about
0: yeah yeah this is fun I really love doing this (laughs) Like Every time we do an episode, I walk away with just like so much more information in my brain. I'm like, oh, it's so
1: exciting. And uh, hopefully your dreams tonight will be nice and bizarre because we've s- properly stimulated parts of our brain that not only are processing fact and uh, information, but also our emotional responses to those things.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And it's going to formulate a part of our personality because while it's... Um, encoding into our memory, we are going to decide how we feel about those things and how that's going to feed into our personality. All right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all relevant, guys. It's all relevant. <laughs> and the same for the listeners. You're going to dream tonight, and your brain is going to decide whether or not you think we're full of shit, or if you think <laughs> that it was actually really interesting. And I'm going to go out and seek out more facts and yeah thoughts and theories
0: <laughs> so y'all if you loved this episode because i really feel like it's a good one please let us know if you want to tell us some really cool weird dreams please do it man I'll, i i want to hear all of them i love I'll, weird dreams i'll definitely read your dreams and judge you
1: no i yeah. won't judge you <laughs>
0: <laughs> if you want to throw in how things made you feel want to see if i can interpret them hey that could be a fun little challenge I'm all I'm
1: all in for that. So oh, if oh, you be like, oh oh, 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 we could oh. both interpret it. Yeah. So we we'll both interpret it independently from each other, and then so you'll get me the sort of logician and Melanie the witch interpretation yes. of your dreams. Oh, They'll probably be, be so really similar fun. because actually we have very much common ground when it comes to those sorts of things. But it could be fun. It could
0: be super fun. We could even if we get a good few of them, we could even do a mini sode where we interpret your dreams via mini-sode. So hey. It's a thought. Yeah, this is an official call out. Call out. (laughs) If you like this, if you want to do any of the things that we just said, please hit us up on our Instagram, our Twitter, or our Facebook, Zombie Fishbowl or Zombie Fishbowl Podcast. We are what? I can hear you. Easy enough to find. Mm. Also, if you have any good topics or subjects you would like us to discuss, um, please send them to our email, zombiefishbowlpodcast at gmail.com. We have not yet received any there, I don't think. (laughs) But I'm going to keep telling you to do it because I want them um yeah the that's
1: that's my I just ran out of steam right there oh (laughs) I feel like that sometimes I get to about here and I'm like whoa whoa am I gonna get am I gonna make it to the end here
0: so yeah do that do those things and also you know if you can leave us reviews stars likes you know uh balloons puppies um, on any sort of streaming service from which you are listening we really appreciate it spread the word we'd like more listeners please,
1: <laughs> yes, please. <laughs> so yeah uh, you want to pick us a topic I do every time I get to this point I think I've been trying I've been I, 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 I keep meaning to come up with a new random topic picker song and every time I get to this point I remember that I've forgotten that I was gonna come up with a new random topic picker song. So you're just gonna to have to deal with the same random topic picker song again. It's a good right. one. Don't don't change the the formula. Okay. Alright. So all right, here we go. We're ready? Okay. Ready. Random topic picker, random topic picker, you're a random topic picker, and you're gonna pick a topic. I
0: love it. I just
1: love it's it so. Much, much. It's just like to the point, isn't it? Yeah, it's solid. Dead man's curses. Hey, that's perfect. <laughs> I like it. So, uh the example I have is like someone who's on death row or about to be hanged throws out a curse.
0: Yeah. All right. I may have done one or two in cursed objects, so we'll we'll see uh let's we'll see where this this takes us. I'm excited.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't have obviously have to be a man, you know, it's not gender specific. <laughs> <laughs> dead
0: people's curses
1: dead people it just sounds better when you say dead man's curse than it does when you say like dead person's curses (laughs) yeah fair enough
0: all right dead man's curse come on up
1: and shall you leave us with a quote my darling yeah so do you want um a profound one a wholesome one a funny one or all of the above all of the above okay a profound quote all that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream. At Girl and Poe. Yes, my darling. Yes. I, she started to actually like a lot like lip, like what's it called Macbeth with yeah. that quote as soon as she heard me start it and it is like a one sentence quote and she knew it by three words in. <laughs> I went all that we see she went all or seem or, is but a dream, with a, dream, a dream within a dream. <laughs> My ass loves Edgar Poe, okay. <laughs> I know, and you're a bit of a thespian, so you started to act it out. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so here's You the say wholesome. thespian,
0: I say ham, you know, same okay, thing. Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> so here's the wholesome one, which harkens back to something that you were talking about before, about dreaming. I think we dream, so we don't have to be apart for so long. If we're in each other's dreams, we can be together all the time. A. A. Milne, Winnie the Pooh. Oh, oh,
0: that
1: was so sweet. Yeah, when you think about it, in Winnie the Pooh's voice as well. Yeah. Right. And to final, uh, to, to to end us, um, on a, a funny note. A very recognisable quote. A very highly beloved quote. Melanie will probably recognise it instantly as well. And I'm going to do it anyway. He felt that his whole life was some kind of dream. And he sometimes wondered whose it was. And whether or not they were enjoying it. Nice. Douglas Adams, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Nice. Yeah. It's it's one of those that you know you've heard. And then you go, wait, what's that from? Yeah. Yeah. I like I kind of accidentally misquoted it actually it's just whether they were enjoying it not whether or not they were enjoying it sorry if you want to be pedantic I'll do it again he felt that his whole life was just I'm sorry (laughs) (laughs) No,
0: we could just pretend that it didn't happen it's all
1: good but it did happen and I'm ashamed So yeah it's fine I'll leave it yeah that
0: was (laughs) good
1: broken inside I'm just kidding
0: (laughs) All right, well I love you, and this was super fun, as always.
1: Yeah, it was good. It was good. It was good. I I definitely enjoyed researching this one because it was um there was no room for like assholeism. I think. Yeah. I didn't go anywhere like you did. I think a little bit into sort of uh you could go into charlatans and things like that, but I stayed very clear of that, and I just had this place where there was just people positing theories and it being very sort of oh that's interesting oh that's interesting and then a little bit of fun drama between Carl Jung and um Sigmund Freud and a little bit of you know sexual and you know innuendos, innuendos. and I yeah. thought oh this was this was a really fun one <laughs> yeah yeah I I honestly
0: didn't know where my research was going to take me and I'm really excited that I actually got stuck in science mode because that was uh,
1: that was good I like learning crap. Yeah, and I'm really glad that uh, we have a little bit of a challenge set out for uh, for listeners this week. I really hope that someone writes in with a dream. I really do.
0: Oh man, if you guys could participate in that, that would be awesome. I'd really, really love that. So I'll also throw it onto our social media so we can maybe get a little bit extra, extra input or output or uh, pudding,
1: <laughs> purping. <laughs> All
0: right, my darlings, we will see you next week when we talk about Dead Man's Tales. Curses. Curses shit. <laughs> dead you Man's can Curses.
1: <laughs> Bye, Melanie. A fun is in. Bye, listeners.
0: Ciao. <laughs>
1: dream well. That's not even a saying. like. <laughs> I'll see you in your dreams. And don't forget to not panic.